Well, hello, everybody. Today is September the 7th. Can you imagine? 2023, and you are watching Anchored in Hope with Father Larry Richards, and I am Father Larry Richards. <laughs> I don't know if you're excited. I guess you wouldn't be watching if you weren't at least a little bit excited anyway. Well, welcome. It's good to have you. And uh, here is a thing where we talk about... Um, God and different religious things for the first half hour, and then we have questions and answers, your questions and answers uh, towards the end. Um, so we encourage you to, if you're live here, to write your questions in the comments, and we will get them whether you are on YouTube or whether you're on our app. I just always forget to look at the apps, so <laughs> hopefully I'll get those questions. So the first thing we got to do is pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, great God of love and mercy, send your Holy Spirit upon us. You would lead us and guide us and help us to truly know you as our Father, to experience you, to be loved by you, to spend time with you each day, so that you can reveal to us who we are. I beg you these things, Father, in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus, pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. And the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Well, here we are again. Uh, here, and I have, I don't know if you all knew that, but uh, God's a Steeler fan. Did you know that as we're getting ready to for the NFL again? Just to make sure you're on the right team, that's all, just to gets you there where you need to be uh and in here i have uh coffee my maintenance man came in this morning and i had my um uh i drink in the morning a um, a smoothie uh since i've been on this jinnar or whatever a manjarno which uh, uh doesn't let me eat a lot and so i've been trying to get my nutrients in that in the morning so he he says now father you don't have a captain and diet in there do you and i said of course I do. What? Because <laughs> that's what I drink if I if I am drinking the other stuff, Captain Morgan and diet, because it has no carbs in it. And it doesn't raise my sugar. Uh, and this has nothing to do with anything, but, you know, in case people ask. But inside of this isn't a Captain and diet. Inside of this is um, intelligentsia, intelligentsia coffee. Fantastic. When I was in L.A. Uh, two weeks ago, there's intelli uh, out in California, there's intelligentsia uh, coffee shops. And so we went there and I got a latte. And it was the best latte I've ever had. I've had lattes all around the world. And I'm thinking, what the heck? So we ask uh, what it was, and it's their intelligentsia uh, black cat um, original espresso. And so my, my friend went and got me some... Uh, uh, the instant to take with me and it, it, it's so fantastic that after I finished the instant I went and ordered it you can do it on Amazon but I hear you can also get it at Target and this isn't uh, a um, I guess it is kind of a commercial but not a real commercial for this it's the best stuff ever this espresso is made with it tastes like uh, marshmallow I know stop it raw sugar and dark chocolate and it is fantastic. So if you want a good espresso cup of coffee, you go and get this, if you're not in California, get this Intelligentsia 
Black Cat, the original uh, classic. That's the thing, and it's it tells you right on there. It has marshmallow uh, flavor and raw sugar and black, a dark uh, chocolate. It is fantastic. But anyway, today I want to focus on uh, God, you know, and talk about the fatherhood of God. We've we've touched this a couple times when I uh, when we uh, talked about the Our Father, and all that stuff. But I just feel that there's such a need for us to truly get to know God as our Father uh, because it reveals to us who we are and uh, who we were created for and why we created and who God is. And when we think about God as our Father, I think that we got to let God reveal to him, to us, what that means, you know, and so the best way we do that is how did God reveal himself to Jesus? Because Jesus, being part of God, or God, not part of God, God, Jesus is God, so he is the incarnation of who God is, and in his humanity, when the Father has relationship, because again, let's go back to the Trinity, right? We believe in one God and three divine persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Though they are one God, the Father is not the Son, the Son is not the Father, uh, and neither the Father nor the Son is the Holy Spirit, right? So uh, three gods in one person. And so when Jesus in his humanity talks about God, he talks about him as Father, and that is so different because like even today, well, let's go back there first, but in, in Judaism, that God was, you know, his name was unspeakable. And in so many ways, he was unknowable. Um, certain people, prophets could know him. Uh, Moses knew him. Abraham knew him. But there was still this God that was out there, uh, this God who was an awesome God, and God is, of course, an awesome, awesome God. Again, the think about um, the universe, and the universe, you know, the stars out there in the universe, most stars are bigger than our sun, right? Our, the sun is just the closest star to us, so there are millions of stars and galaxies and everything else. And the creator of all this is beyond imagination. Again, I always try to try to get people and I'm trying to uh, explain to them the awesomeness of God or the, is just try to think that something had no beginning. And when you go back and you're, you get in your mind and you're trying to get no beginning, because every time we think about anything, we think, well, where did it come from? And something had to have no beginning. And we call this something God. So what was before God? God. It was before God. God. God always existed. Try to get your mind around that for a second. Try to, excuse me, try to get your mind to uh, comprehend that. And what your mind will do is go, that, that, that. It cannot take the reality that something had no beginning. But something had to have no beginning, just logically. So this, this God that had no beginning, has no end, this God that was never alone, who's always a trinity of love, this God who is beyond every star, every galaxy, 
God of the universe, as I like to say, wants us to be in intimacy with him as a father. Jesus knew his father and was in intimacy with him in his humanity. And he calls us to have the same relationship. As the Father has loved me, Jesus said, so I love you. It's the same love. It's that spirit. And this God of love created you and me not to make us slaves. And before Jesus... A lot of it was just like, yeah, we're slaves. God created us. He didn't ask us to be created, and he gives us these rules, and we got to follow these rules, or we'll go to hell forever. So you think, well, that's really nice. Thanks, God. I never asked to be created. You created me, and then you tell me if I don't do certain things that uh, you require, then you will uh, send me, and I won't just go back into non-existence. I will suffer forever and ever 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 and ever. Whoa. That would be horrendous. But God is love. And just as he calls Jesus into intimacy with him, since we are incorporated in Christ in our baptism, the same God calls us into the same intimacy. And remember again in John's gospel when Jesus says, the Father already loves you. The Father already loves you. And we got to come to, first of all, come to the knowledge of this fatherhood of God. It's God's will, right? Who made me? God made me. Why did God make me? God made me to know him. And not just to know him as the creator of the universe, but to know him in intimacy, to know him as father, as someone who cares for us. And again, for some people who are atheists, and uh, they really struggle like yeah the god that created all things of all you know like yeah yeah this god wants to have a relationship with me as a matter of fact correct this god of the universe wants a relationship with you and jesus constantly talked about the father we always talk about jesus and it's okay to talk about jesus it's the same god but Jesus was always pointing us to the Father. And so, first of all, in my own spirituality, your own spirituality, do you have relationship with Father? Huh? Again, I think that, like my sister, God rest her, who just uh, uh, two weeks ago was her anniversary of her death. My sister had a great relationship with the Mother of God. Constantly went to Mary. Constantly said to Rosary, but she never went to church and uh, didn't, as far as I know, ever have any other kind of relationship except with the mother of God. Now, of course, Mary always leads us to the Jesus and always leads us to the Father. Being the spouse of the Holy Spirit. But so many people just know God as um, an object of devotion and a devotional God. 
or a God that, you know, I say my prayers to, so he'll give me what I want. You know, the God of, uh, the rabbit's foot God or the God who, uh, I better appease so he doesn't get mad at me and he doesn't damn me or a God who, if I say these prayers every day for however many things as the old blue book used to sit there and say, then he'll give me what I want. Or if you ever find those uh, prayers in church pews and say this prayer every day for 10 days and you'll be granted your request. So God is this uh, superstitious God. And I can see people like, oh, really? And sometimes, like even when all this stuff we're going through at my parish, that if you don't have a relationship with the God who knows what he's going to do, you'd go completely out of your mind trying to make God do what we want him to do. Huh? Now he tells us to pray and he tells us to ask and we shall receive. So that's what we're talking about. We're talking about do you have a relationship with your father in heaven? Now, part of the problem is, and like there is a Episcopalian priest or an Anglican priest uh, or a bishop, Anglican bishop in uh, England, who a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago um, put out the whole thing that even when it comes to the Our Father, we got to get rid of the term father because it has bad connotations. And so since people had bad relationships with their dad, then they project that onto God the Father. The problem with that is it doesn't bring healing. huh? So my relationship with my father on earth wasn't that great. He was a good man, but flawed, just like I'm flawed, an alcoholic, uh, bad temper, um, very little tenderness for my father. But he wasn't my real father. My real father is God, right? When Jesus said, call no man your father, he again didn't mean priests when all these Protestants are fundamentalists, not Protestants. And again, when I say things, I overgeneralize, I get it. But fundamentalists will look at me and say, call no man father. And they'll say, why do you call? And, you know, again, all the time on uh, comments and that people will look at this and say, yeah, you can quote the scripture passage and everything else. And they are correct, except when Jesus says, call no man father, except for the reality. He didn't mean priest. He meant you. He meant uh, that or our, our your dad, that your true father is in heaven. The man who begot you is the instrument or the sacrament of uh, fatherhood to you. And so if they were good, then you can have a good image of God. If they were bad, then you could have a bad image of God. But what God wants to do as father is heal the bad image you've had of fatherhood and replace it with true fatherhood himself, who you didn't have to exist, and yet God created you out of love. And I get, you know, I had Justin Fatigue on uh, uh, for our first podcast. We only, there was problems with our computer, so we only got uh, the first uh, segment done. But uh, Joe, who does this, did a fantastic job of putting it together just to see how it would be. So I'm really pleased with what you're going to be seeing here uh, when we get back and we start doing this uh, more often. But, you know, he talks about, you know, he deals with kids that are really 
I've never had to deal with, and it's a shame I haven't, but he deals with street kids who, like he talked about a girl who was raped five times in the last week, um, people who have been abused, sexually abused by their parents and various things. So you can see uh, people are dying of starvation in the world today. There's, a, there's so much pain in the world that sometimes we good Christians who go to church on Sunday and have our nice whatever, we are far removed from the, the struggles of people in their daily lives. Some people live in a living hell. And if they just see, and even uh, like Pope Benedict talked about, if the, we talked about this last week, I know for a little bit, if the only thing we see is an institution and not being in relationship, then things can be crazy. So what we got to do is be talking about a father who loves us. You know, this past week was Mother Teresa's uh, feast day. And one of the things that Mother used to do, to, again, uh, she really didn't try to convert anybody. Her life converted people, but um, she met Hindus, Buddhists, everything. Christians were a minority over there. And um, I think a lot of people became Christian because of she lived what she believed. She didn't just talk about it and hit people over the head, but she always spoke truth, especially when it came to abortion. But in the midst of all those things, every time she would be with somebody or give them food or um, give them a drink of water or feed them, her and her sisters and the people would follow her would always say, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And I believe that, first of all, the deepest need in everyone's heart is to be loved. And we try to find that through other people. And sometimes we can. But even you think about someone as good as Mother Teresa. She might encounter the person and tell them God loves you and then never see that person again. So the person might encounter through Mother or one of her sisters the great love of God, but only for a moment. And if that's all it is, then it, it leaves you thirsting and hungering for more. And so we got to tell people that God loves you, but then we got to bring them into this intimacy with the Father to, to really come to know that deep in your heart, to make the distance from your head, because everybody here would say, I know God loves me, Father, of course. Ah, you know it here. But to experience it here is everything. And it got to be where that happens. So I know some of you right now are saying, okay, Father, I get it. Well, tell me how to do it. Good. The best way to experience the love of God is to spend time with him and to imagine that he's there. I'll never forget my earliest experience of the father is I was at my grandmother's house and my grandmother lived in the house that her parents lived in and my brother lives there now. And uh, there was uh, like a duplex. There was really like three families or four families lived there at one time. Anyway, but so I got to live on the first floor and I had my own kitchen, bedroom, living room and she lived upstairs when I was in high school. And so... Um, I remember sitting in a rocking chair 
and I was praying. wasn't in seminary yet. I was still trying to find out whether God was real. It wasn't real. And I, I had the experience with Jesus in front of the Blessed Sacrament at uh, the Church of the Epiphany. But I hadn't experienced the Father. And so here I am um, praying, and I don't remember... I don't remember what I was praying or anything. The only thing I remember is as I was sitting there, the, the embrace of the Father, that I knew that God the Father is real and that he loved me, literally. And I just felt this uh, being enveloped by the love of God and wanting for that to always uh, be my anchor, if you will, that this is what it is to be loved by the Father. And it only happened because I was sitting there and I, I wasn't expecting it. And sometimes that's the problem. We're, we're saying, telling God what to do. And when that happens, then when we, when we think that we have to tell God what to do, then when it happens, we think, well, did I make that up myself? So I think God works best when there isn't any expectation but we leave a space open for him to work. So that's why I'm big about a holy hour, uh, time and silence. So that leaves the space for God to speak. You don't tell him what to say, but you need to have the space there for him to speak. And again, uh, at that time, he didn't speak anything to me with words. I didn't hear anything, but... And it was more than me feeling something. It was me being enveloped by someone, which went so much deeper than words. Huh? And I think that in our life, we got to go beyond the just saying of prayers because, again, our, our walk with the Lord so often is just saying prayers that... There is no time for God to speak. There is no time for God to reveal himself to us. But when we go and we spend time in silence or we spend time in Mark chapter 1, verse 11, which I have pushed my whole priesthood, where we know that we know and we allow God the Father to speak to our heart that you are my son or you are my daughter, whom I love, with whom I am pleased, which I have told you at least a million times now. But I can't answer that for you, and I can't uh, um, get that experience for you. I can't take it and give it to you. It can only be given to you by our Father, and that can only happen when you give him the time to do that, and you have that faith that everything that happened to Jesus will happen to you that in Jesus you are worthy of that relationship with the Father. In ourselves, we're not worthy. In ourselves, we are sinners, as St. Peter uh, cried out when Jesus did the great miracle of the fishes, and he said, depart from me because I am a sinful man. That's who we are in ourselves. But again, don't you get it? When we got baptized, we're no longer us. Christ Jesus lives inside of us. We are transformed with Christ in Christ. And so when the Father looks at us, he looks at, sees Jesus too. 
And so he sees his son. He sees his daughter. He sees Jesus inside of you. And in Jesus, you become transformed into a beloved child. So apart from Jesus, there ain't much for any of us. But in Jesus, we get that adoption. Now, you got to watch so you don't become judgmental of everybody else that, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm a beloved son, but you're not, you know, because you're uh, Hindu or Buddhist or whatever, you know, atheist. You can't be. There isn't one person, not one person, that the Father created where he doesn't love them. Huh? I told you last week, or I might have been here, or might have been with Justin. Um, when I was in Hawaii last week, um, and the bishop, the uh, Orthodox bishop, called me yesterday. I, have to go for, I forgot to call him back. But anyway, that's the side. Um, I was in a very one. It used to be one of the biggest. I don't know if it still is, but it was like one of the biggest malls in the world, humongous mall, and um, in Honolulu, right next to Waikiki. And I'm walking through this mall, and uh, there are people from all over the world there, and. Of course, most of them were not Christian. Um, and yet when I would look at them as I'm walking, not in a weird way, but I was just thinking every single person here is so loved by the Father. Everybody. God loves them all. Most of them will never experience his love. Because again, they don't spend time. God always offers it. But again, he offers it to them through us. And that's, oh, we are weak, um, imperfect people. But we can't share that with others until we have that own experience in our lives of the Father's love. So I just want to give you a couple things to get to know God as Father. One is spend time with Him in the Word. And Look at specific things in the New Testament because this is with Jesus when Jesus reveals to us himself um, what he does with Jesus, what he says to Jesus, and what Jesus says to us about the Father. So you begin with Mark chapter 1, verse 11. And if you've never done that or you've tried it once because I told you to do it uh, years ago, you heard it, and that's nice, Father. you got to spend time with that verse until you get it. Huh? So if that means every day you start with, you are my beloved son with whom I am well pleased, I bet you make it, if you're a woman, you are my beloved daughter with whom I love, with whom I am pleased. You do whatever it takes and you do it every day. And before you let your self-hatred talk or your depression talk or the world talk, go in and start filling your mind because how you think is what you feel. And if you put these negative thoughts in your head, well, of course. But if you let the first words you hear every day, the father look at you and say, you are my child, my son, my daughter, whom I love, with whom I am pleased. And you start every day with those words, God's words, the father's words. It speaks them to Jesus inside of you and thus speaks them to you. And you keep doing it until you are enveloped by the love of the Father. So you got to spend time with his word in that. And then you got to give him the time so he can then uh, speak to you. So that can only happen in silence. 
You can't tell them how to do it. You can't tell them, okay, God, I'm going to go and I'm going to spend 10 minutes with you and this will be a good time for you to reveal yourself to me. <laughs> Rarely does that happen. But it might happen if you're on a retreat or different things. And I encourage you, if you've never been on a retreat, go and spend time at a retreat center so you can be silent. Don't fill it up with all kinds of stuff, not all kinds of reading. Be silent. Let the Father speak to you. Spend times in his arms. And once you get that as your foundation, that God is Father, that God is a good, good Father, that God wants a relationship with you, that God wants you to let him love you because that's who he is. God is love and he wants to love you. And then you respond to him not out of fear, but out of love. That, yes, Father, I just want to be with you. And you let that relationship grow. You'll get little glimpses into it. And those glimpses can grow. But that's where we got to begin. Always begin with the Father. Always begin there, because that's where Jesus did. And Jesus, who lives inside of you, if you, again, are baptized and you have surrendered your life to Jesus... He will lead you to the Father. But you're going to have to spend time with his holy word. Jesus is the word. So you let that power of God speak to your heart every day until you get a glimpse into the eternity and the love of the Father. And then you give him that silent time. So make sure you do it every day. Uh, go on retreat. Make a retreat. Uh, it can be fantastic. If you can't get to a retreat house, have a retreat day at your house. You know, get away from everybody. Go out to the woods. You know, um, God rest them, uh, who started Franciscan University, Mike Scanlon, Father Mike Scanlon. Um, he was engaged and um, um, was a lawyer. He went out into the woods one day and it was snowing. And he said, God, I'm not leaving until I know you. And he stayed there a long time. But that was one of the times God revealed himself to him. And he left his fiancée, left his job, and he entered the priesthood eventually. It didn't happen like that, of course. But he made time, and he experienced God out in the woods. And you can do that because God created the universe. And God, everything reveals his love. So you can go do that. Just encourage you, if in your heart of hearts you don't know the Father, then spend time with him in his word, spend time with him in silence, and go find a place just to be with him so he can reveal himself because he wants to do this so that you can then and I can then more always bring him to others. Okay? Got it? Get it? Going to do it? <laughs> May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen. It's great coffee. It's starting to get cold. Anyway, let's go in now and start taking the questions. As an aside, tonight we will have a, um, um, we do our a praise and worship uh, as a parish tonight, and it will be live streamed. Um, my director of ministries, Diane Kilmyers, uh, uh, she's going to do it tonight, and it's going to take her a lot because she gets out of work at 4.30, and she's going to stay until 7 o'clock. So um, 
just so she can live stream it for you. Uh, so you want to thank her on YouTube or whatever. If you watch tonight, just say thank you, Diane, uh, for her spending all two and a half hours more. It'll be three and a half hours by almost four hours extra just for you so you can praise God with us tonight. Um, so it's very, uh, it's a great thing so that she's doing that. So uh, everybody's welcome to come and watch this tonight. It's, it's always the first Thursday of the month, 7 o'clock uh, Eastern. or in your Eastern um, uh, standard time, I guess it's standard. Not yet, we're still in Eastern savings time. So um, anyway, 7 p.m. So out in California, it would be, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, I guess. So you can watch it later. But again, uh, it's just a great thing. So I encourage you to do that tonight. Okay, here we go. Let's go on and start taking your questions. Hi, Harry. Good evening, Father and all. Good evening, Harry. On the commemoration of St. Cloud ordained a priest in 551, I had no idea. I don't know who St. Cloud is, and I didn't know he was ordained in 551. So thanks, Harry. Now, Donna. Hello, Harry. Hello, everyone. Hello, Donna. Hello. How are you? That was slightly before Father Larry was ordained. Slightly. No, Harry, you watch. Very well. Dave, I'm sorry if comments uh, last during commentary last were not appropriate. Either what I said or the timing of them during your time to talk. I don't remember your comments, David, so I don't remember anybody getting me irritated last night, uh, last week either. So uh, <laughs> so if that happened, if I, if I didn't, you know if I get irritated, so I didn't uh, get irritated last week, so uh, no offense taken. Terry, sending love and prayers from Southeast Missouri, thank you. Doing well, blessed. Tom, what great, what great books are you currently reading? Any recommendations? Um, the, uh, one of the books I'm reading right now, which again, I think is fantastic, it's not a Catholic book, but it's really insightful. Um, let me bring it up because I don't remember the... I, I, I know it's the Fools and Prophets or something here. But let me... Um, praying like monks living like fools. Praying like monks living like fools. Um, and it's a... Um, by Tyler Stanton... T-Y-L-E-R-S-T-A-T-O-N and Tim, I think it's Tyler is the, the main one here. Yeah, Tyler Stanton. And he's a, a young, young uh, minister. And just uh, the things when he talks about um, growing in faith is it's fantastic and his insights and how well, even when he was a kid and he came to Jesus and he would uh, get to school at uh, six o'clock in the morning and he would have the roster of every kid in that school and he would pray for them by name every morning asking for a revival at that school and then he started a, um, a prayer group once a week or a scripture study group and then all these people start coming and they outgrew their room and everything and he was still in grade school and then he goes back it's just fantastic and then he talks about the father as I just did uh, in a different way than I did of course but Still, the, it's right. So that was what, um, that's what I'm reading now. During my retreat, while I was doing stuff, I, for whatever reason, the Lord was talking a lot about um, uh, 
the devil to me. So I read the Diary of an American Exorcist, uh, Monsignor Stephen Rossetti, which to me was quite interesting. I don't know if I agree with him on everything, but he's an exorcist. I am not. Um, but I have great respect for the man. He's a psychologist, and um, he was in the service. And so um, the, the stories he tells are, like, uh, uh, very interesting. I'd encourage you not to read that until you... Because sometimes people focus more on the devil and him than they do about Jesus. And he, like part of the things he was talking about is some things they can't... Uh, they can't exercise some things. The Blessed Mother herself comes. And the Blessed Mother, like, has to uh, uh, cast out Satan and all these uh, other things, the big, the big demons, which I was like... And I'm just thinking, um, how about Jesus inside of us? Where, what happens to that? Now, I never... Uh, I might have missed it. Um, I didn't finish the book. But, I, you know, about the power of God or in the presence of Jesus in the most blessed sacrament. This is God himself. That's why when I'm praying, I always bind, rebuke uh, the demon or whatever, if just in my own thing, and I cast it before Jesus in the most blessed sacrament, his throne, because uh, that's God. That's right. He's right there. And why doesn't we just bring God into this uh, reality? But anyway, and then I... Uh, Right before that, I read uh, Courage is Calling by Ryan Holiday. And I've read most of Ryan Holiday's books uh, on, uh, you know, he talks uh, about uh, whatever, uh, what's that thing in there? You know, um, the stoicism. And so some of the stoicism is complete garbage, but some of the stoicism is interesting. Like when it talks about these are the four virtues. So the one on courage I just read, and the one before that was on discipline is destiny, which again... Some great insights in those books. Not Christian books, but those are the books I have read recently. So, uh, But I'd highly encourage the one about uh, praying like monks, living like fools. Okay, hope that helps. Okay. Sunshine. Hi, Father Larry. I'm going on a pilgrimage to Italy next month. Uh, any helpful advice uh, on how to make the most of it spiritually? Exactly. I just think that while you're there, think of the saints that were there. And like if you're in uh, Rome, of course, and you see where Peter was killed, you can go out and see where Paul's head was uh, chopped off and it bounced three times. Interesting. Um, but don't get caught up in the, um, the splendor of the Vatican and different things as it is. Because again, it can speak of beauty, and beauty must lead you to God but you can get caught up in just the beauty and miss God. So I'd encourage you if you get to the Vatican, uh, the St. Peter's Basilica, it's, it's humongous and it's beautiful and there's all these saints everywhere. But don't forget on the side, altar covered, it uh, has big curtains in that there. Jesus is in the Blessed Sacrament. So often people will go to St. Peter's Basilica, they'll see all the saints They'll see all the beauty, and then they'll neglect Jesus. Don't be one of those people. Whatever church you go into, don't just look at the beauty. Always find Jesus in the tabernacle waiting and acknowledge him above all and before all. And then the beauty can then help you uh, for his glory. 
But again, I've seen many, many, many people, priests included, go into the basilica and think how beautiful, and they spend time with the, the saint of John Paul II because his body's there, or John Twenty-Third because his body's there. There's lots of saints there. But none of those saints are anything without Jesus. So just stay focused on Jesus. That'll help you tremendously. And uh, have a safe trip. Hi, Father Larry, with everyone. Please pray for my family. Found out on Tuesday tomorrow is my last of work. Second time in nine months. Well, that's terrible, Chris. What the heck? Um, pray to St. Joseph, Novena to St. Joseph to find work. Isn't that something? God has a plan. Go, Bill. Shut up, Marion. Oh, I'm so sorry. I can't say shut up. It's not allowed. But anyway. Yes, God is a Steelers fan. I'm at Pittsburgh this week for work from Eastern Pennsylvania. Oh, there was someone else that just called me from Pittsburgh to text me about uh, all these people, and I put them on things, and I don't get back to them. It's bad. Anyway, I got a father, a magnet from the strip district in Pittsburgh. It said, Jesus loves the Steelers, and I have it on my refrigerator. Thank you, Chris. Um, oh, so sorry, Bill. Prayers, something comes along for you. It's Chris. Anyway, uh, Marianne, my wife would agree. She's from Buffalo, I know. Hi, Father. Any updates on your book? <laughs> Everybody has. Uh, I know I didn't get it done on my retreat. Uh, can you even imagine? Uh, just pray. You know, again, who knows that, uh, what's going to be happening. We have a town hall meeting this Sunday at my parish, and uh, we're going to be talking about our future. And uh, so... If I lose the parish, now I might have all kinds of free time afterwards. But uh, the the plan is um, when we meet, you know, say nothing negative, and I'm going to be telling, I'll be putting stuff out on my, uh, all my um, social media, but if you watch the daily mass or if you watch the Sunday mass or uh, for you to write letters from no matter where you are to my bishop, but I'll tell you what to write. We all want to be on the same page. And, you know, I, the first thing we want, of course, is to be a standalone parish. And there's so many reasons for that. Even when we were started, uh, it was to bring, because a lot of people were leaving the Catholic Church to go to Protestant churches because of their worship. So uh, that's what the Bread of Life community was. And so when we merged them. So we have more, on the Sunday morning one, more upbeat worship uh, so people who are Catholic can find upbeat worship, and that's why I preach the way I do, uh, for them to find that. We take care of the poor uh, in downtown, and so uh, they come to us every day. We have a uh, food store. We have a free clothing store, but they come every day, and I always my rule is uh, to always give them something, even if it's a dollar. Um, you know, we had, and there's other churches in downtown, but just... Uh, Catholic churches, they're just not around. I'm the only one really with a full-time staff downtown. And uh, again, the only ones perpetual adoration. We're the only ones that do the the Divine Mercy Encounter Retreat, which has brought a lot of vocations. Um, Our church is just a beautiful church to close it. It would be horrendous. So the first thing we're asking the bishop is that we stay as a standalone parish. The second thing is that we become, if they won't let us be a standalone parish, then they let us become a shrine. That would keep the, we'd start this devotion as we already have, though, to St. Joseph of the Bread of Life. 
and I'd start putting prayers out. We have the beautiful icon and would put that uh, throughout the world and really start dedication. And we'll do that whether we're a shrine or not, of course, um, to bring people to point to Jesus and to point to St. Joseph. <coughs> but St. Joseph pointing to uh, Jesus in the Eucharist, the power of God on this earth. Then the third thing would be to merge with the cathedral, which we've already been with them uh, for 10 years. I hear that the bishop is not open to that at all, but okay. But they said preliminary, and we've already done stuff for them with 10 years. And then the last thing, if they do merge us with this bigger parish, um, that the only way I see that would be working is if I became the pastor of both parishes, and then um, the people at St. Joe's wouldn't feel neglected. And uh, the people at uh, St. George's might com- go completely out of their mind at first, but they would, uh, uh, they would work out eventually. But that's uh, a very much bigger parish. Now I have enough um, seniority in that, and I've been a pastor for 22 years. I mean, so I could handle that. It would just be on my years up to retirement, I'd have more work than I've ever had. Well, no, I ain't going to say that. I've had... Lots more work than I have now. But besides everything else, I would be doing it. So, um, But we'll put out uh, the points, and we'll put out uh, that we're always respectful, we're always loving in these things. And, you know, for those of you who watch every day that sit there and say we do a real, real service, you know, for the 1,000 people that watch our daily Mass, the 1,800 people that watch our Sunday Mass, and it brings a service to you, especially those who are shut-ins or those who can't watch... Um, you know, not you can watch EWTN, I guess, but they're still doing some kind of ministry to you and how important that would be. So we'll put that out and then we'll ask you to, I'll give you the link for a survey that's done uh, for the team. The, the, uh, there's a survey that someone can fill out for us. And then, I'll, excuse me, I'll give you the, the address of our bishop. And he has the same name as me, Lawrence. Very good name. Uh, Persico. And his address in that to write him letters. Again, respectful letters, loving letters, supportive letters. Uh, um, and again, we're not telling God what to do, but he asks us to ask, and we will receive, so we're going to ask. But like I told my people last Sunday, I says we will fight like hell. And I go, excuse me, we won't fight like hell because people in hell lose. So we'll fight like heaven. And uh, But if uh, the bishop says no, then we will take that as God's will, and we will then do whatever the Lord asks us to do. It's just that simple. Uh, sometimes I get uh, very, I won't do this, da, da, da. But that's just me blowing off steam. I always, of course, do the will of God, uh, God willing. You know, so, but more on that to come, so just so you know. But your prayers are very much appreciated, so keep praying. Okay, here we go. Actually, this our sun is larger than 95% of other stars. It's just a tiny comparison. Our sun is larger. That's, I've read the opposite. Look it up, look it up. Um, God made the earth just perfect for us. We're the, it's the closest star is what I've heard, and I've heard many of the stars are much bigger than... That'd be interesting, Chris. So uh, I've read opposite of that. Good afternoon, Larry, Father Larry Sanders and... Uh, Larry Sander and 97-year-olds. Oops, 97-year-old mom. There you go, Anna here on hospice. Well, God bless you. Got to think we'll be able to see Jesus soon. 
you know, to get that this world isn't home. We're just passing through. So don't be afraid. God got you and he's holding you and he'll never let you go. Oh, now you speak of a certain archbishop who is one day older than me. It was my bishop before accepting the higher job. On the day of his coronation, the priest agreed to pray for his conversion. There you go. As a former Anglican, I do mourn for the C&E. Parts of it are following strange paths. I understand that you probably should not comment exactly. When are you working the next DME? I am working the next DME on um, uh, February. Uh, myself and Father Kiseki are doing the February one. Uh, just saying, say hello and sending love. Thank you. Got that wrong. He is a day younger than me. I typed something unkind about him before I got it sent. <laughs> My PC crashed. Hmm, see that? Thanks, Father Larry. What time is praise and worship? 7 o'clock. Got it. 7 Eastern. There you go. Hi, Father Larry. Can't wait to meet you at Oktoberfest. There's a lot coming to Oktoberfest, so uh, please come. Uh, I put out the thing the other day, so uh, we sold a lot of tickets, uh, about almost uh, $8,000 worth of tickets. I it would be great if we could sell about $20,000 tickets online. It would be fantastic because we paid sixty. Just to even pay for the car, it cost us $63,000. So we have a lot yet to go before we even pay for the car. Again, it's a, a great deal that, um, like again, last year we sold, I think, 1,300 tickets. It's $100 each, but if only 1,300 tickets are sold, you get a much better. Again, we used to sell over 60,000 tickets for the old cars. They were cheaper, but your odds were m much worse than they are today. So, again, you go to our website, uh, stjoesbol.org, stjoesofbol.org, either one will get you there. Or you just type Father Larry in Google, and you'll come up to the foundation, and then you hit the other thing, and you can find out the parish. And at the very top, it talks about Oktoberfest, how you can come. It's the first full weekend of October, the 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, people come literally from all over. Uh, you're most welcome to come. We have a fine time there. Good food, good drink, good times, uh, and make sure you say hi. Um, so, okay. Had to get back to Charlotte. I missed, I'll miss tonight. That's okay. Just uh, watch. Hi, Father Lake. Can't wait. There you go. Can you recommend a scripture passage for doing a nation contemplative prayer? Again, I would start with Mark 111 uh, and spend time there because uh, that's what you need. Praise and worship. Hi, Father Larry. Carrie keeps praying for my family, for me. Very good. Chris, what does it mean to be a second mission church? Yeah. Second missionary church is what they want to make us. And what that would be is that uh, St. George's would be in charge we probably wouldn't have uh, office staff anymore. We would just have masses on. We're allowed to have masses on the weekend. So we would have masses on the weekend, but everything would be at St. George's, everything else. Um, I think that's the way that was explained to me. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not a, uh, a good thing. But again, like they're talking, I, I get what they're trying to do. Uh, they're trying to get for the future. We have fewer priests. But my biggest thing about this is we can bring priests in. And now oh, we don't want to do that. Well, we hurt people because we don't want to do something. 
Is that it? So we don't bring in, like I was going to bring a group from India, a fantastic group of priests that wanted to come in. They could have came in immediately. And they dragged their feet, dragged their feet, not them, but us. And so we don't have anyone. And so I had a Polish priest here the other day who stayed at my place. And he says, how many uh, foreign priests do you have? I says, none. And he goes, well, it's not the Church of Erie. It's the Church of the World. So why won't you bring priests to the world? And I go, I'm not the bishop. I don't know. But again, I think that they don't want to do that kind of stuff. But people are going to get hurt. People are going to leave the church. People are going to do other things. Uh, and find Jesus other places, because you can, and all because we would not bring in help when we needed it. And I really think that we need to give up that pride, we need to humble ourselves, and we need to say, we as a diocese needs help. And if we can say that, and then we bring in help, then uh, healing and that can come, then we don't have to just start closing places. And uh, again, uh, there are 30, no, there are 50,000 Catholics on the west side of Erie, 50,000 just on the west side. Only 20,000 of them are going to church right now. 30,000 are not. So when we close the churches, that's not going to help. It's just going to make people matter. But again, um, and like I, my classmate, Father, uh, Mike Kaseki talked about the other day that what we're doing is restructuring. There's no vision about the future of how we're going to reach people, how these are going to be dynamic parishes. There is no vision. And so I know that that's why it's hard for me to get behind it. When we first started the conversation, I was with the bishops and priests. We were over at St. Jude's and I says, I think we'd all be willing to give up everything if we have a vision of what the future looks like that we have a real plan instead of the plan right now is just to close parishes. The plan is not anything else than that, except we can't burden our priests. We can't. Absolutely, I agree. But what's the plan? And the like when I first came back and uh, the bishop, I met the bishop who's a fantastic man. And uh, I, 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 when he was ordained, I was in Rome. And I come back and he see people sit there and said, he said to me, people keep asking me what my vision is. And I looked at him in, in, a, in a good way. I just said, Bishop, I don't care about your vision. I care about God's vision. And then he'll tell you, but it's not my vision for my parish. It's not the bishop's vision for the diocese. All these things got to be God's vision and we submit ourselves to that vision. That means we're praying, we're listening, and we're saying, God, we exist to please you. So what is your vision for the Diocese of Erie? What is your vision? And then once we get that vision, then we can all jump on board because now we're on God's vision. We're not just closing parishes because right now the vision isn't a spiritual vision. It's just the physical reality of we have so many priests, we have so many parishes, we don't have people to fill them. Okay, we got to close. That isn't vision. That's restructuring, but it's not vision. But that's my little craziness. (laughs) Jolie, please do not keep writing all this stuff. I've already told you more than once. You can write a couple things, but you have filled up most of this thing. So please do not do that. So... We can pray for all those things, but can you, uh, uh, there we go. 
of course we'll pray for you. What's it mean? Does your parishioners need worry when you need read Protestant books? <laughs> they better not worry. Again, I came to Christ because of Billy Graham, like it or not. Father, we missed your talk with Justin. Is it on YouTube? Not yet. We just had it. Uh, we did this the other day. Again, we'll be putting things out, but I'm going to get a, a group of, uh, it's just, we're just starting, so we'll put it out there. Thank you for this. Okay, just stop hitting the uh, send until you put all these things together, please, Julie. I'm praying for your peace of mind and for God's will in your parish. Pray for peace always. There you go. Uh, Margaret Maltese, I would love to get involved, but I don't know if I am sending in my prayer requests. It is not showing. I don't know either. As long as you're putting that in, that'll be there. God bless your efforts. Very good. So anyway, uh, God willing, we'll be back here next week. I have to go uh, talk this out again with my shrink. And oh, the um, last week I said that the diocese doesn't use me for anything. And then uh, one of my parishioners who works for the diocese reminded me, and I, I thought I said this uh, last week, but I did not. I said it to the other uh, afterwards, that I am doing the retreat for the whole diocese. They asked me to speak to the confer- all the, do the confirmation retreat. And uh, um, so that's going to be uh, next month. Uh, like a second week or third week of October, I think it's second week. And we're bringing all the kids together and I and another guy will be speaking to them all day about being in relationship with God, about the power of the Holy Spirit, about all that kind of uh, great stuff. So I'll be asking you to pray for them. But this is uh, one of the few times that they have asked me all these years. In the beginning, they used to ask me a lot when I was young. And uh, so, but I'm very grateful that they have done that. But they did that because I know some of the people and they were, they were doing that. So there you go. How best way to engage teams, build a relationship with them and help them to experience the love of God. Exactly. We need the great people to church. Okay. I got to go. So remember, I pray for you every day. I love you. Uh, one of our priests adds, do you really love me, Father? Do you really even remember me? Yes, John, I remember you and I love you and I'm praying for you. Please pray for me, especially these days, that I be a good leader and I lead people in the will of God, not my will. And pray for the bishop to do the same, to lead the people in the will of God and not his will. Okay? The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He was Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Amen.